I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Happy Lunar New Year to all those who celebrate. Happy Chinese New Year. Kirby, do you know that this is the year of the tiger, which is our year? What does that mean? Like, I understand so, Year of the Tiger. Like, I know that that's like what this is. But what do you mean it's our year? What does that mean? Because we're, mean? Because we're tigers. How? You're a tiger. How? how? Okay. So, so you were born in, in 1986. Yes. Well, you definitely were born in 1986. I was born before the Chinese New- Lunar New Year in 1987. So You count because, as 86? So I count as 86. Oh. So we are both fire tigers Ooh, which that's kind that of like explains to yes our like fiery passionate disposition i also wanted to mention some other tigers celebrity tigers mm. we have eva mendez we've got oh amanda gorman she was born in 1998. Wow, that's deeply, <laughs> deeply upsetting yeah. to me. Amelia Clark, Kit Harrington, Drake, Lady Gaga, Robert Pattinson, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, Queen Elizabeth. We got Damn. some tiger energy, strong tiger energy. Listen, align me in any shape, way, or form with Lady Gaga, please. Thank you. Just give me a little bit of whatever she has, and I'm happy. So I'm, I'm down. So... Okay, I admittedly should probably know more about this than I do, but I do not. Can you explain? You would love diving into like all of the Chinese astrology, zodiac stuff, like because you love astrology so much. I feel like you would really, really love Chinese astrology. I feel like I actually did look into this for myself when I was younger because it was like I read it in a magazine, but then I just kind of fell off keeping up with it. But I think I did maybe subconsciously like remember that I was a tiger. Okay, so lay it on me. What's going on? The year of the tiger. Okay. I will say too, like growing up, it was just something that we celebrated in the house. And I would like read the books that my mom would buy because every year she would buy a book that would tell you like what to expect for your sign for the year. And I would know that like we would wear red on Chinese New Year. And if you were a kid or like unmarried, you get red envelopes with money from your elders, which was like the best part about Chinese New Year. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. Yes. You're you eat noodles, dumplings, fish, Mm. and like, you know, different Asian cultures have different ways they celebrate. But that's like how I knew it. But now, like as I'm older, I'm like getting into like the nitty gritty of it. It's like a lot. I also met with this woman who is an expert in Chinese astrology. And she very similar to like your birth chart, like she asked me for the day I was born and the time and she made me a calendar of auspicious dates. So basically, like dates where I should like, ask for a promotion at work or like start a new project or days that I should avoid doing things. It's wild. Wow. I want to talk to this woman. I know. I know. We Maybe we should like, I'll connect you guys. Her name's Betty, Betty Wang. Um, okay. But so this year is Year of the Tiger. And unfortunately, if it is your year, it's usually not a good year for you. Why? So I know. So the last time it was the Year of the Tiger was 2010. Oh my God. 2010? Was it a bad year for you? Because I'm like trying to remember. It was a good year because that was when I met Matt. But I think everything before that was kind of a disaster. I mean, it was a huge year of growth for me, which bad things happened. But it was like all for the better good. Totally. My boyfriend at the time who I'd been dating in Texas, because I moved to LA 2009. We were long distance for about a year. And on our year anniversary, I flew home to Dallas to see him. And he like very nonchalantly was like, I think we should take a break. And then I literally never saw him ever again after that. It was like a very hard thing for me because I was thinking, do I move back to Texas to be with this guy? Because he's never going to move to L.A. 
that was when my mom, when I was telling her about it, she's like, okay, pack up all your stuff and just come home. Like, don't wait it out. Just come do it. And the reverse psychology of it all was like, there was no way I was leaving LA. Like, it was just not going to happen. But it was very, very upsetting. I was sharing a one bedroom in a two bedroom apartment. And I was like very financially strapped. Please don't let me be financially strapped again. Please, please. No, I mean, I can't deal with it. I can't. I, I absolutely, I've struggled. Robin Arzon, our girl on Peloton, yeah. I started taking classes with her. Sarah, she will change your life. Have you taken her classes? I've taken like one or two, but no, I need to. I need to. I take Cody when I really want like a bomb playlist and I want to laugh out loud like I'm at a stand-up comedy show and be like, you're my boo. You're my boo. Robin, I just like randomly decided to take one of her holiday classes and the knowledge she was dropping, these inspirational knowledge bombs, I was like... If I meet you, I will cry. I feel inspired by you. And she straight up said something like, you don't have to struggle for it to be worth it. Yeah. Or something like, oh my God. Yes. I always feel like if I'm not struggling, I'm not worth the gifts that I'm receiving or like the blessings that I'm receiving. So I'm in this new kick where it's like, I don't need to be like on the struggle bus working my ass to the ground, you know, to like mm-hmm. make a difference in my life or my career. Like I don't have to be. So please, 2010, please do not repeat history. I cannot. Are you supposed to take what you learned from that year? Like what are you supposed I, to do? No, because it's different. But that was just an example of like a year of a tiger where, you know, we are the tiger. I think it's going to just be another year of learning for us. I'm going to read from this like South China Morning Post article it just says that It's going to be a year of improved learning and analytical skills, which great. We love learning. Uh, It says, while workers have a higher chance at getting a promotion, great. Just be careful when signing documents or contracts and get regular health checkups. Scared, but okay. Listen, I'm never signing a contract without an attorney present. So, right. I was going to say, I'm glad we signed our vice contract prior to the year of the tiger straight up yeah but i will say if you do know your sign so if you are you're the ox or you're the goat it's gonna be your lucky year okay hold on on so the the year that it is like this is the year of the tiger based on like the year you were born or whatever but it doesn't indicate that that is like a lucky year is that what you're saying? Like, because you're saying like the year of the ox to the year of the goat like that's a lucky year this year is a lucky year for them yeah like if you were born under the year the ox or the year the goat, which my mom is an ox and my sister Michelle is an ox. So they're going to have a lucky year. In 2022. In 2022. Okay, so year of the tiger is not indicative of like, it's our year, I'm coming out. No. And I thought that was like what it was until my like Chinese friends were like, no, actually you're wrong. That's usually not the case. And then I was reading into it and I was like, okay. You're like wearing red, eating noodles and like living it up, thinking it's yeah. about to be like a fortune. Exactly. But you know, like we said, 2010 ended up being a good year for us at the end of it, right? When I look back on my life, there have been some really good and really bad times. But if someone was like, I'm going to snap my fingers right now and get rid of all of the bad times you've experienced, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. No, no. I absolutely would not do it because I learned from them. I have grown from them. Mm -hmm. I'm still traumatized by some of them, but that's what therapy is for. So you know what? If this year is another year of like rise and grind and like I'm only in my junior year of being my own boss. So like I still have like my senior year to go and then, you know, come graduation, if I'm still struggling with the same things, maybe I should have, you know, taken the time to, to learn a little bit better, but I'm not going to criticize myself for not knowing everything that I don't know at this point because I still have so much to learn absolutely no totally totally you sounded like your own peloton instructor right there (laughs) no have you seen robin's body I'm just like didn't she just have a baby she had a child and literally she has a six-pack and I'm just like it's truly inspiring honestly like I see the definition in her arms and I just I think about that every time I eat my baked by Melissa green goddess salad literally all of them I'm like obsessed with because I have to tread I've been taking Adrian William Adrian Maurice Williams classes and that man is like so shredded and like is running at like eight nine speed and is just like not even sweating 
or breathless at all. Good for him. And he also, yeah, he also drops some little nuggets of wisdom. And I really, it's just so nice. It's a nice little reminder. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Peloton fam. Thank you, Peloton fam. Can we actually just talk a little bit? And I won't harp on this, but like if you are looking for straight up inspiration, was I'm on the business of fashion emails. Do you get those, Sarah? Mm-hmm. So Jay Shetty, I guess he did a, a, like a live business of fashion event a couple of months ago or weeks ago. They ended up clipping out 20 minutes of his talk to the business of fashion. I'm guessing employees or like, I don't know, business fashion journalists. He was talking about how you find your purpose. So I was, when Patrick was gone to, to Pittsburgh for a couple of days, I took a bath with Quinny overlooking me, just a little sus, but didn't want to get in. And I listened to this podcast and it was so inspiring to hear, like, he really gave you a formula of like what your purpose should be. And I'm like, damn, okay, this is great. So I'm going to link that. And Ooh, then okay. I also started listening to his podcast, which is a huge podcast. I mean, he's had like Kim Kardashian on, mm-hmm. he's had like world leaders on. And if you don't know who Jay is, he previously used to be a monk. And so like, he just has all this incredible knowledge. I have listened to so many of his episodes recently, just binging them. It is like chicken soup for the soul circa 2022. I cannot recommend this podcast enough. It is totally uplifting and really, really, really helpful. So here's Kirby and Sarah's betterment 2022 hour. Who says we have to have a bad year? Yeah, tiger. Yeah, tiger. We're going to have a great year because we're going to make it great. Listen to my Chinese fam. I'm telling you right now, we're going to make year of the tiger or biatch that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Love it. Well, thank you for um, dropping that knowledge on me, Sarah, because I admittedly just like, yeah, happy Lunar New Year. And of course, I see all of the brands like, you know, capitalizing off of it, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I enjoyed learning more about it. Now I'm like, okay, we have to wear red today. We have to find like a local spot to order yep. some, some dim sum fish. or something. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm going to link the article too that it breaks it down for every sign so that you all know what to expect this year. Okay. That's incredible. Next up, merch. We hear you loud and clear. It is back. It is back. We're doing pre-orders today, starting today. We are only going to offer the green Alpine sweatshirt because that was honestly the most popular. It doesn't make sense for us to do the white and green one because it wasn't as popular. So it's back. We'll do the pre-order. And within the pre-order window, you should get your merch between like 14 days, like I would say two weeks. Our lovely merch people, they December was just a wild month. And they were working their hardest. Of course, we need a, a counter supply chain issues. And we also, we didn't realize how popular, okay, and to Sarah's credit, I initially was anti this green sweatshirt, okay? I'll just put it out there. Here, we'll tell you what happened. Forest Green, unfortunately, really popular month for Forest Green, December, because of the holidays, sold out. Really hard to get. So we were like, Alpine's really nice. And it took a little convincing with Kirby, but- You guys like it. And listen, I like it too. I wear this sweatshirt literally almost every day. It's a good sweatshirt. I love the pink and green together. Very Beverly Hills Hotel. So I feel like that's going to be a core part of our merch while merchandise lasts because that sweatshirt, again, we had to like reach out to our team and say, are we able to even get this color in stock again? Because that was the problem. That's why people were getting refunded. They were like, we don't even have this type of color available. So order your merch. Hats Hats are back too. Hats Hats are back. So SPF Flirty and the Los Angeles hat dad hats they're great hold on let me grab mine they are adjustable in the back so if you have a big old head like patrick patrick has a giant head and he was able to wear this okay so you can wear it too it's 100 cotton and it's adjustable in the back we are going to do a second merch drop with different designs hint hint if you're horny for something that may be coming soon But we just wanted to make sure that anybody that wasn't able to get the green Alpine sweatshirt or hats before can get them now. Happy shopping. They're live on our website. Thank you for your patience, everyone. Yes. And thank you for supporting. It's wife time. Speaking of horny. I can't. What does this look like to you, Sarah? I mean, what does it not look like? First of all, immediately a body part. A closer inspection, maybe something for intimate time. Okay. So 
this is not this does not have anything to do with intimacy, sexual pleasure, unless you're sexually aroused by makeup application. ASMR, baby. Exactly. I did not think I was going to be into this, quite frankly. I thought it was a little gimmicky, but I did put my trust in the, in the man behind it because he is an incredible makeup artist. So the product I'm talking about today is the Leia Butte Ultra Flesh Blender, okay? It is not a sponge, but it is a makeup applicator. So the man behind it is Bo Nelson. He is an incredible makeup artist, has worked with every fabulous brand, every fabulous celebrity. He is Kristen Stewart's go-to, and he's been working with her for over a decade. And Sarah and I saw him at this, the Chanel event in what, November? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, hey, I have something that I'm making. Do you want to see it? And he pulls it out of his bag. And literally, I was like, sir, you need to put that away because it looks phallic. It looks, it looks like a peen. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. This looks like the head of a penis. And it's in this like cute little magnetic case. So when you first see it, you're like, oh, that's nice. And you open up, you're like, sir, is this am I supposed to put this on my genitals? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, no, this is the Leia. And it is a sustainable hygienic makeup applicator. It is not silicone or latex based. I think that's what some people may think when they see this, because unlike a sponge that's like very absorbent, you know, beauty blenders, the way they work is you wet them. And then when you put your product on the sponge, it absorbs a good portion of it. So then it gives you that really like light airbrushed look. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, I think it was 2016, 2017, there were those clear jelly type mm-hmm. blenders that came out that everybody was trying. I personally was not a fan of them. I felt like they were really stiff. I felt like they just kind of smacked the product on the face and they it didn't blend. It was like for very opaque foundation application. And if you're you're like, Kirby, I have no idea what you're talking about. Just think like a chicken cutlet, like bra insert. Mm-hmm. That's what they looked like. They looked like mm-hmm. silicone gel inserts for like your shoes or whatever. So this thing, I'm literally just jiggling it around. Um, <laughs> it has, it looks like a tongue. It, seemed, it, it could be like a tongue. S- yeah, it does look like a tongue. It looks softer than like a silicone applicator. Extremely flexible, okay? Like if you need stress release, you could use it as a squeeze toy if you needed to. I mean, not an indicated use, but whatever. So I get this and I'm like, fine, I'm gonna try it, Bo. Like, let's see what you've got. And I am shocked at how much I love this thing. So the reason why he created it, and he created it in conjunction with an animatronics uh, designer, Makeup artists love to use their hands and their fingers, right? But obviously, COVID, the pandemic, there's a lot of concerns with like using your fingers. There's all these new hygiene rules that you have to follow, all of that stuff. So he created this sponge so that it mimicked skin on skin contact, so that it felt like a finger, it felt like a hand or a palm, but you don't actually have to physically touch a person with, you know, your own hands. And one side is textured for a more, if you want like a more opaque, heavier mm-hmm. application. And the other side is really smooth, which is great for like applying a moisturizer if you want to, or for having like more of like a lightweight touch. I am shocked at how little product I need when I use this. I use half the amount of foundation than I normally would. I made a big mistake of like just putting on my normal amount and then trying to use this. And it's like, because it doesn't absorb any product, you're using every last bit of the product that you put on your face. If you put it on your forehead, you might be able to use it, you know, down on your lower jawline because it's picking up the product. It's never absorbing it within the device. Totally. Okay. So how do you clean it? Literally, it's so easy. It's just like soap and water and then you let it dry in its little case that it comes in. So sold it's yeah. And the thing is, is like he made it, I think, with professional makeup artists in mind, because they're constantly going through beauty blenders, you know, any type of sponge. It's not hygienic half the time. Like it's a whole thing. It is a fifty nine dollar product, which at first I was like, whoa, that's expensive. But if you go to the Leia website, I think they do a really good job of explaining like why this product is superior. So Mm -hmm. it's reusable. It's fifty nine dollars 
when you buy it, it literally will last you years because of the type of material it's made out of. If you buy 12 disposable beauty blenders, like that could be between $180 to $240 and you have to replace them. Like, especially if you're a makeup artist, Mm -hmm. you're going through them like water. Like daily, probably. Yeah. And it's recommended for if you're just, you know, regular consumer that beauty blenders should be replaced like every three months, right? Like it's pretty standard. I know a lot of people don't. And I was going to say, there are a lot of people who don't and a lot of people don't even like wash them very often. Exactly. So um, this one cracks me up because it's literally like flesh colored. I mean, like, I know, like it's a flesh tone. It's like, it's like a pinky color. Okay. Which is kind of why it gives me tongue vibes. But there's a purple one. If you're like, I need it to not look like something phallic. I'm going to get the purple one. Yes. So go to the website. I mean, it's so, so easy. And honestly, I was like laughing because when I was washing it, I'm like, ooh, this is making me feel some type of way. Like it, it really does feel like skin, <laughs> y'all. Just saying. We, we all, we just miss being touched. Truly. The touch connection in COVID times. Oh, one last thing that I really wanted to make sure that I mentioned. This is excellent for concealing pimples dark spots, Mm. hyperpigmentation. I took my NARS soft matte concealer. And like I mentioned, worst breakout of my life the past couple of weeks. So I went in and I I had to like, you know, take some photos. So I was covering up. It's literally like if you were just tapping your finger to make sure that that product stays on there without moving it around and like picking it up and removing it. Chef's kiss, obsessed. Use it for blush and bronzer too. Oh, I've been using it with my Shantikai gel blush. Oh my God. Gorge. Gorge. Okay. I can't wait to see all of the makeup artists and influencers and YouTubers and Instagrammers using this in tutorials. You can see me using it on our feed. I made a little reel that we are posting today so you guys can take a look. (laughs) Let me know what you think. I'm so excited to try it. And admittedly, like I said, it does seem kind of gimmicky, right? Like just from the way it looks. When you yeah. learn more about it, you're like, okay, this makes sense. But oh, by the way, by the way, I have to say this as well. Bo knew what he yeah, was doing. No, okay. Th- of course. This wasn't a, oh, whoops, I didn't realize. It was, it, this is intentional. Literally, the hashtag is get layered. Okay. So you're welcome. Just have fun with it, guys. Have it's just fun. Makeup. Have fun. time sarah you texted me about this and i was just like what in the world and then obviously a lot of people started picking up the story so can you explain what happened you were on a zoom call with coco kind and tower 28 and what happened yes okay i like wasn't sure that i wanted to talk about this because it was like extremely traumatizing for everyone who attended and especially those who hosted the event but i was like you know we need to raise some awareness around this so on monday there was a event to celebrate sort of, well, not technically to celebrate Lunar New Year, but Coco Kind and Tower 28 collaborated on a Lunar New Year package of products or collection of products, I should say, to sort of promote that. They also had this event co-hosted by Amy and Priscilla, as well as Olivia Munn. And then a woman from the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum. And it was an event that was supposed to speak about, you know, the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes, especially towards women, and how we can all like combat anti-Asian hate. This was like really exciting for so many, you know, of us in the community, obviously, like We love Priscilla. We love Amy. We love the work that the NAPAWF do. And then Olivia Munn has, you know, really used her platform over the past few years to speak about the rise of anti-Asian hate crimes. And so, like, really excited. There were about, like, 130 of us. And it was a private event on Zoom. Someone had to, you know, like, approve everyone checking into the Zoom event as we all, you know, this has been like the third year into the pandemic. We've all been into Zoom um, events now, so we all know how it works. And about like half an hour into it, like Olivia and Sungyun are having this like deep conversation about, you know, 
just everything that's happening with our community and in the chat people are you know like sharing their own stories and being like oh I so relate to this and then we started hearing like noises like you know someone was interrupting and then there were some racial slurs that were shouted out and then someone like took over the screen and I don't know how that happened there was definitely some like very professional hacking going on and then like there were just like some really really awful images that were being shown it was just like everyone was in shock you know what I mean even like Olivia who you know she's like a professional person and like she was in shock you could tell that people were really shaken and then I think they shut it down but like I logged off before that even happened because I was just like I I can't look at any of these images so it was like super super unfortunate but then like Priscilla and Amy and all of them logged on like 20 minutes later because they were like, no, we will not be silenced. Like we need to continue. And I don't know like how, like I am like in awe of the fact that they were to like able to collect themselves and get back on and continue having this really important conversation because I like immediately I was like, I was texting David Yee because he was on the call and we were like, what the hell just happened? And I texted you and I was like, oh my God, you will not believe what just happened. It was just so, so awful, especially just the fact that like this was supposed to be an event that we felt safe in. Like it was really just for like the Asian American community. And then to have these people come in, it was like truly like you would not expect anti-Asian hate to happen during a conversation about like anti-Asian hate, you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't even know how this happened. And then what was really awful was Sung Yoon, who is the executive director of NAPAWF, was like, actually, I'm not surprised this has happened to me before. Zoom bombing targets communities, especially like targeting, talking about racism and misogyny. And obviously we were like majority Asian women. So just like so awful. And it was really sad, too, because the whole like the event, you know, was happening. And then Priscilla and Amy created these graphics on their Instagrams prior to the event about not going silent and sharing statistics about how like 78 percent of AAPI women have been affected by anti-Asian racism and like actions that you could take, like donating to the NAPAWF supporting AAPI businesses, all this stuff. And then this happens. So I'm very grateful. So many friends reached out, you know, obviously people were checking in on me, making sure I was okay. I was checking in on everyone. Like we were checking in on each other, but it was kind of upsetting to see, like, these are two really big API beauty brands in the, in the industry. And they've always been really supportive of other communities And we were really feeling like there was a lack of like non-AAPI brands and friends who usually are pretty vocal, like they didn't say anything. Like they didn't share the graphic. They didn't share, you know, Olivia Munn's post, Priscilla Amy's post. You know, they didn't donate. And I mean, obviously, like you don't have to donate, but just even like sharing or commenting or reaching out, it was just it was wild. It was wild. And I know Kirby and I talked about this before, just the fact that like, it just is so weird during these times where people are kind of like selective about the way that they like share their support on social. And I know that like people are, you know, there's like people who are performative and like, I'm not saying that like by just sharing, you know, a social graphic like means that you are, you know, doing anything more than just that. But in this event where like, There were like a lot of, I would say, pretty important people in this Zoom. And for it to not have gotten the amount of attention that I think it should have, I feel like I was, I just like kind of disappointed. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't even know like what to say. But it's like for you, like you were like number one ally, like you're just so supportive always of all communities. So it is like to you, it's like a no brainer. But I feel like within the beauty industry, like. I just feel like we need to take like a hard look at ourselves. I think sometimes too, like maybe they're like, oh, Zoom bombed. But like they don't understand like the stuff that Sarah told me that she was like forced to see, like she didn't have a choice in that. And like if she did, she never would have chosen to see it. So like totally or hear it. So I think sometimes people are like, okay, 
somebody hacked your event, whatever. But it's like, um, no, like I don't think people really understand the context of like what explicit, terrible things were being said and that they actually saw. And it was like clearly targeted. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're listening to this right now, one thing you can do is go to like Coco Kind or Tower 28's Instagram and share the graphic and then donate accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, support your local favorite food spot. Like in LA, freaking go to Otis Thai. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like there are so many different things that you can do. Just a small little token of your appreciation because, you know, unfortunately, I feel like sometimes people see AAPI hate as like the silent minority of it all. Right. Right. And, and they're like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. They don't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's how it's coming off to me, at least, at least in this situation, I was shocked. I agree with you. I did not see anybody. I mean, I saw some of my friends sharing it and then I saw people that were in the zoom sharing it. And then the wall street journal cover it, covered it. And and then I still didn't see anybody. Nobody's talking about it. I know. I just like, I also felt so bad. Well, I mean, I felt bad for everyone involved, but like Olivia Munn literally just had a baby and like three months ago or less than that and was like taking her time to like host this event and then see those awful images. And she's just like a new mom. It was just, I just felt so, and she has like gotten the brunt of like a lot of this like anti-Asian hate. I think if you like even go on her Instagram, like all the comments, people are so mean to her. Anyways, what Kirby said, like, even if you're just like taking time to learn about what happened, learn a little bit more about like the NAPAWF, donate if you can, just like take a moment to like really kind of put yourself in the shoes of the people that were in this event, our shoes, and have a little bit of empathy because it was so awful. I, I wish it upon no one. Reach out to your friends as well, like check in on them. And make sure that even if they weren't at this event, just be like, are you okay? Yeah, totally. I think it would be extremely helpful. Um, Well, I'm sorry that that happened. And literally, I would murder somebody for you. So if like... (laughs) I know you would. I would actually be in jail. So I'm just saying. I appreciate you. Okay. I appreciate you very much. Um, Okay. This is, I mean, I feel like this is like damper news, but... uh, (laughs) No, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about this. Y'all, Glossier laid off 80 plus of their full-time employees. And I was reading, I think that's like one third of their mm-hmm. workforce. Yep. Color me shocked, I'll be honest. Uh, I feel like Glossier is like this unicorn that gets all this. I mean, they didn't they recently just get a ton of more funding? Yes. So they brought in $80 million in Series E funding, which brought their total valuation to $1.8 billion dollars last summer. This is one thing I I am so fascinated with when it comes to Glossier. I feel like when they first launched, it was like Glossier mania. Give me pink everything. I want boy brow. They really knew how to name their products. The branding, the aesthetic, yep. the like cult of the followers, the Glossier girl was so strong. It was everywhere. Totally. Yes. And I mean, I had people at work being like, if you get a Glossier bag, like not even a makeup bag, but like anything that said Glossier on it, they're like, the don't. pink bubble wrap bag. Like, they're like, yeah. They're like, please don't throw it out. Please give it to me. It's like a status symbol. It's like, oh, I'm going to pull something out of my purse. It's in the pink bubble wrap. I'm a Glossier girl. So, okay. To their credit, they were like, we kind of fucked up. Like our priorities were not in order. We hired too quickly. This is not the vibe. <laughs> we need to change direction. But what I truly just don't understand, why the emphasis on brick and mortar right now of all things? Like do a, a do a pop-up. Do a pop-up. I do not understand. They opened this huge brick and mortar on Melrose near Earth Cafe. They have Glossier Alley, which is like has a little Alfred right there. And it's Massive. It's way bigger than the one that used to be on Melrose Place. They moved out of that and now they're across the street, across La Cienega. And I just do not understand why you would go like so hard on these brick and mortars. Like, I just want to know what the end game is for Emily Weiss. Like, can you sell this? Like, I would be, I'd be like, can someone knock on my door and buy this already? Yeah. 
I don't know if you subscribe to the Girl Boss newsletter. I oh, I don't. I do admittedly, not. I have been a longtime subscriber, and I know that like Girl Boss gets a lot of hate, but I still subscribe. And they still send some like really good newsletters and they broke down like what exactly happened or what they're they're interpreting the situation as. Okay. And so they say that there's some are speculating that Glossier is prepping for a buyout from a major beauty conglomerate. Mm. So, okay. TBD. But they also mentioned that in 2020 of August, there were other major layoffs. They shut down their flagship New York City store. But yeah, to Kirby's point... I know that Glossier, like when they did their stores, like it was like they did experiential so well for like this new generation investing in that. And then also I very much admire the fact that Emily has kept it DTC. Yes. But I feel like there was a missed opportunity and not partnering with a Target or an Ulta or anyone to really get Glossier into the hands of like everyone. I mean, like I said, I respect her decision in that, but I think that like, obviously that kind of hurt. It's so funny that you mentioned like the retail of it all, because I think because of Emily's decision to keep it DTC and then to do these experiential like brick and mortar situations, I have a really hard time seeing Glossier become a part of the Sephora family or the Ulta family. I don't know why. Maybe it's like too late now. Yeah. It's like this separation almost where I feel like. Glossier almost is its own retail destination. I know that's not right, but no, either. they like definitely stand alone. And so many brands that came after them were like, we're going to be DTC like Glossier. Like that's the move, you know? So I'm just thinking like if they did do a, a retail partnership, like where would they go? Because honestly, at this point, I'm thinking Target. Make it so that Glossier is accessible to everyone, everywhere. It's not strictly, you know, I guess the thing that I'm struggling with is is I couldn't go into a Sephora and imagine seeing like a gondola of Glossier. It would have to be like a wall of Glossier. Like they wouldn't allow themselves to be a smaller part of a bigger thing. I think they really want to be the big thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't see to that either. So that- I can't even really, like you said, I can't like even picture the perfect retailer for them. But Target would be really smart. But we'll see. Maybe someone acquires them. It's just very fascinating because I think it's like, oh, how the mighty have fallen almost. And I don't root on that you know, perspective at all because I think that they are so smart in so many ways. I just think it's interesting how... Literally every brand we know is using Glossier as a playbook. And now, you know, they're getting this funding and six months later, they're laying off a third of their staff. I mean, it's probably right to assume they're going to get acquired soon then. Because when you have a layoff, if there's no real reason, I mean, they did have reason to, but I I would not be surprised if in like a month or six months, a year, we hear that Glossier has been acquired by someone. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. We will be paying attention and keep you all posted. Speaking of acquisitions. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm just basic as F, but I had to look up this. I was like, who the hell is Farfetch? Okay. So Violet Violet Gray was acquired by Farfetch in true Cassandra Gray fashion. She wrote this like absurd note that was just like it's like getting knighted yeah (laughs) it feels like I'm sending off my child to Harvard that's literally what she said she's like it's like I'm sending my child off to Harvard except you know instead they're gonna go work for Apple and in this case it's me and my team and I'm like what is going on okay so Farfetch is a retailer yeah like luxury retailer they typically just sell mostly fashion but I don't know if they actually, I, I've never, I've only ever bought and not very many purchases, maybe like two purchases, but like I've only ever bought like clothes from them, but I think they probably do sell some like beauty. But to me, this marriage makes sense to me. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just started following Farfetch. There's a good reason why I was not familiar with them because I'm not rich enough to afford like half the shit. <laughs> it's very expensive. I'm like literally looking at like a Prada headband, like a ring that says love that probably costs more than my rent each month. So 
apologies to Farfetch. You seem wonderful. I'm not at your level yet. On that note, though, this is a very smart acquisition for them, especially if they're getting into beauty. Violet Gray obviously is curated. It's not everybody and their brother can just like get in. You have to be like approved. They have the Violet Code. They have the, you know, their whole network of people who test the products and vote and review to make sure that it, you know, stands up against the Violet Code. I think I was reading Cassandra's letter that she posted on Instagram. They have like 1,300 products that they have approved, which is, you know, yeah, I have a lot of respect for the whole process of it all. Same, because they were able to capitalize on the idea of like the Hollywood glam squad and turn that Mm -hmm. into a retail destination and going, totally. these are the products that are most loved, most used by the tastemakers in Hollywood that your favorite celebrities are wearing. And it felt very like elite. Yes, it feels very elite. They have the cute little boutique on Melrose Place. Although I don't, is that even there anymore? I see like the sign, but I don't know if it's open. I think it was like by appointment only, so. I think that Beauty Stats' first retailer was Violet Gray. I feel like Violet Gray really did, like they made some huge discoveries brand-wise. And I mean, like it's no surprise because- you know, Maureen Choi was their beauty director. Jamie Sick was their beauty director. Lexi Lebsack was there at one point. Yep. They had very, very talented, knowledgeable people working for their team. Cassandra knows. Yeah, Cassandra really, she's on top of it. Like, this is such a good thing for her. And yeah, I'm curious if she's, she says that her and her team will still be involved. So I'm curious if she's like, you know, going to be as active. But I've had many a fond memory at the Violet Gray Boutique. I met both Bobby Brown and Charlotte Tilbury there. Let me tell you a story. We talked about this. The Violet Gray boxes are... Oh, so good. Best gifts you could ever give. So good. I mean, they were the ones who really introduced me to Augustinus. Same. Yeah. Congratulations, Cassandra. Congratulations. Congratulations, Farfetch. I think that that was such a good acquisition on their part. So we just want to mention... It's been a while. No, it hasn't. We talked about John Legend last week. So no, it hasn't been a while. We've got some more celebrity beauty launches that we want to mention. So I feel like I get pitched Kate Hudson no less than twice a week. This woman is working her Pilates firm butt off. Like she has, okay, let's see, let's count them. She's got Fabletics. She's got In Bloom, which is like supplements. She's got a vodka line. She was the face of La Mer or like an ambassador for La Mer, but maybe she isn't anymore because now she has teamed up with Juice Beauty, which Juice Beauty previously had, when they launched, they worked with Gwyneth. Yep. And then that sort of like relationship dwindled and now they have Kate Hudson. So they have a whole line of products. Okay. So I love Kate Hudson and maybe I've told this story once, but when I was a little girl, I was at Walmart with my mom and I went up to the cash register and there was an InStyle magazine with Goldie Hawn on the front hugging her daughter and it was Katie Hudson. And I remember after that, I was like, mom, can I buy this magazine? She's like, sure. And I wanted to be called Katie, even though my name is nothing close to being Katie. I was like, when I'd play like pretend, I'd be like, my name is Katie. And so I was obsessed with her. And then I later, you know, grew up. And my favorite movie is Almost Famous. So I have a very strong affinity for Kate Hudson in my heart. Rom-com queen. My niece is named after Kate Hudson. Yeah, see, she's iconic. I just have a very strong affinity for her. I love her vibe. Her podcast with her brother, Oliver. Oliver may be the funniest man ever. He's so freaking hilarious. Their podcast, Sibling Revelry, is incredible. Go listen to it. I do take issue with some of the stuff that Kate's doing. I think it's because she really is making her brand wellness. And wellness is such a tricky category because a lot of it is unfounded. Like Mm -hmm. Sarah and I are pretty, I mean, we do like some supplements, but we're pretty anti for the most part because there's not a lot of science backing them up. Mm -hmm. I do think it's bizarre that she has a vodka brand, but then is like talking about non-toxic beauty products with juice beauty she talks a lot about sustainability but she has a fast fashion athletic wear line yes so i feel like she kind of picks and chooses what wellness means it's like wellness is feeling your best and working out and then 
being sustainable, but like buy my subscription fast fashion products that are like probably not made with the best working resources and juice. Like I can't remember which expert mentioned this, but like the whole Apple stem cell thing is like BS. I'm sorry. It's not the same. It's not the same as like doing, you know, having actual stem cells. Like everyone's like, oh, the Apple stem cell, it's resilient. It's like, okay, no, no, actually no, immediately no. It's not science-based. Sorry. Do I like some juice products? Yes. But again, I don't know. I do get Amy O'Dell's. I was just going to say, I loved her piece. Yes. And I think if you're not familiar, Amy O'Dell is an independent fashion journalist. I think she has some really interesting takes on a whole variety of things. She does talk about Kate in one of her previous newsletters. I think that it's she makes points. She does. And she goes back to like interviews that Kate has had in previous, you know, publications. And like, there's a quote where Kate Hudson says, I have a passion for wanting to do things. I want to be part of things that are going on. I want to get in there, which is very much like beauty is a thing that is going on. And this is Kate wanting to go there. I will say I do respect that Kate is doing a partnership versus like launching something on her own, because Mm -hmm. it's like, we don't need that, you know? And I think that if she can capitalize on like being her a mom that's into fitness and into wellness or whatever. Sure. I just like have a really big problem with celebrities perpetuating the clean, non-toxic bullshit. I'm just, uh, it is a nuanced conversation and I, I do understand like why clean matters to certain people, skin types, whatever. Yeah. And I do really like some of Juice Beauty's products for sure. Maybe we should give her product a try, Kirby. It's the Kate Hudson Juice Beauty Revitalizing Acacia and Rose Powder Mask. It's $39. You can get it on their website. Okay. I don't need to say anymore. So we got a nugget. We got a morsel of information about Hailey Bieber and her. This isn't a secret. Road Beauty has been trademarked for a while now. And her Instagram has 60,000 followers at this point without posting anything. Hailey Bieber is coming out with a skincare line right? Like nobody sent me an email being like, FYI, this is happening. I'm not privy to any extra information, but it's happening. And she's going to go hard. She's going to go hard right now to showcase her beautiful skin. I'm just putting it out there. So I know that there was some controversy because Haley posted and said like glazed donut skin is in for 2022. And then people were like, that's not your term. That's Tiara Willis's term, makeup for women of color. Because like she really did coin that term. Yeah. At the same time, though, I'm like, so are we not allowed to say glazed donut skin? Like, are we not allowed to call her skin that? I don't know. Whatever. I don't think Haley's like claiming ownership. No, but she's saying that's her thing because she said it in one of her YouTube videos where she was like, like, get unready with me sort of thing. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a bummer. That's a bummer that people are coming after. I'm just like, are we not? But come on. I don't think she's trying to take ownership of that term at, at all. So what do you think we're getting, Sarah, from... From Road. Is it Road Beauty or Road Skincare? Let me look it up. I think it's Road Beauty. I feel like we're going to get a serum and a moisturizer. Mm. Maybe it'll be a bigger launch. So the trademark that she filed. Oh, Road Skin. Okay. Yeah. So it's for all beauty product categories for the most part, which like most people do that. Allure says the post seems to imply skincare products. I mean, she's glistening from head to toe. And then in the last photo on Hailey Bieber's carousel where she says glazed donut skin all 2022, there is a photo of her with an eye mask, like eye patches, and then a sheet mask, which I feel like that's not probably what she's launching with. She's just teasing something, hydration. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Moisturizer, serum, face oil, Face oil. Or body oil. She has it all the way down her chest. We know that she's a fan. She's a fan of Mara, the oil. So she is an oil girl. She also likes the Dew Skin reusable eye masks. Mm. But I don't think that she would make a eye mask. I don't think. Okay, so this is these are my guesses. Serum, moisturizer, body face oil. Mm-hmm lips something or another yeah because her lips look nice and juicy 
Sarah and I both have interviewed Haley Bieber. Delight. Absolute delight. So beautiful. I mean, she's like 22 or 23 or something. Stunning. Her skin is flawless. When is her birthday? Let's look her up. God, it's so weird that I keep saying Haley Bieber. What's What was her? Oh, Baldwin. Baldwin. I Oh, my God. I forgot. Easy how you forget. Haley Road Baldwin Bieber was born November 22nd, 1996. She's 25 years old. She's 5'7". And she's from Tucson, <laughs> Arizona. She's from Tucson? She's a little Arizona girl. I-, I thought she was delightful when I interviewed her. And I actually thought she was like very um, forthcoming with information. Yes. I thought we were going to like get a bunch of, you know, media type stuff. Totally. I mean, she was so open about, you know, like how birth control messed her skin up and talking about Justin using her products. Yeah, she's a super fun interview. I'm excited. This is one that I am excited for. And I am curious, though. I wonder if she partnered with like a dermatologist or an esthetician in terms of her skincare brand, because I think like that's what I really appreciated about Key's soul care. Mm -hmm. I think that it only makes sense to partner with an expert like that. Because like, again, people are going to be like, why should I buy this road beauty product compared to like skin suitables or something? You know what I mean? Totally. I'm curious to see what the price point is going to be. Little Haley Beebs. It's just so funny that we forgot. I'm like, Haley, what was her last name? I don't even remember. This happens to like my married friends. Like I forget their maiden name. It's sad. God, I did that the other day. I was like, what the hell was my friend's last name? Yeah. <laughs> I will be Sarah Tan forever. So no one ever forgets it. Baby Sarah Tan. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Go out there, donate to your local Asian businesses, and we will be back on Friday. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.